franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. My name is Sarah Wasco and I'm joined by my colleague Roxanne Rapsky with FranNet of Dallas-Fort Worth in Oklahoma. We bring you this podcast to educate our listeners about all things business ownership and franchising. And we are thrilled today to welcome our guest, Tiffany Kettle. Tiffany is the president of Growth Mindset Sales, which is a Sandler training Training company. And Tiffany and I met a couple years ago through networking, and her story of how she came to own this business really inspired me, and I um, invited her to join us today so she could share that with, with our listeners. So Tiffany, welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, thanks for taking time out to join us today. As I just mentioned in the intro, your story really inspired me. I mean, I really felt like when I first met you, you were just such a woman with a mission. You had a plan and you were going to fulfill it. So I would love to just have you share a little bit about your career and your background and how you um, became the owner of this Sandler training franchise. Sure. Well, I started in sales over 22 years ago, um, and I, sales is a great career. So I went back, got my MBA, uh, probably about 10 years in to my career, wanted to go into leadership because really, you know, I think true success is helping others achieve success. Uh, it's something I'm, I'm passionate about and ended up in a leadership role and moved companies. And so when I started with this company, we started Sandler Training. And uh, I realized that my MBA had not prepared me to be a leader Right. I understood the theory behind it and, um, you know, had a little more book smart, but it certainly didn't prepare me to deal with the, you know, some of our biggest challenges, which are people. Mm. <laughs> so uh, Sandler, I was a Sandler client for six years and brought on uh, Sandler training at two different organizations. And it, it really changed my life. It changed how I, I sold, how I um, really dealt with my, my family and, and child rearing. So um, it was the personal impact that was most surprising. And I realized at that point, like, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to be a Sandler trainer. And so that really started that, that journey uh, to buying my own franchise. You know, it's interesting that you just said that about your family. So, and I don't know if you and I talked about this, but, or if I've shared this with you, but when I first started with FranNet, um, FranNet uses Sandler training in mm -hmm. when they train their um, newcomers, for lack of a better word of saying mm -hmm. that. So when they bring new consultants on, part of the training is some of the Sandler training, not intensive, but a good amount of it. But I interviewed the most successful people that I thought were the most successful in FranNet and their response was what made the biggest difference in their um, in their Business. businesses, I was going to mm -hmm. say practice, um, was they had gone through Sandler training. 
like the intense sailor training. So I actually signed up for sailor training and I went, I had an office in Carlsbad that I went to once a week and, you know, you get to role play with all these other businesses and it was before COVID. Um, so I did that for three years and not only did it make an impact on my business, it made an impact on my personal life because, you know, I think we all have a misconception about what sales is, but a good salesperson asks a lot of questions and they listen. And I learned to ask better questions you know, for instance, somebody would say, I hate retail. And I'd say, okay, they hate retail. But retail means something different to everybody. So now mm, it's like, oh, yes. what does retail mean to you, right? Yeah. For some people, it means a lot of inventory or a lot of employees or whatever. But I feel like the questions and the the diagnosing that you do in true sales is an art that a lot of us don't have. And it can help you in your personal life with your children, your spouse, your parents, Absolutely. No, I love that that you said that. And I love that you went through Sandler training. You know, one uh, thing I, I teach people is, look, our value as a salesperson is more determined by the questions we ask mm. rather than the information that we give, which is really counterintuitive to how yes. most people sell. It's so true. And it's humorous. Um, well, I don't know if humorous is the right word, but I was intrigued by the fact that you said you love sales because so many people cringe at that word. Yes. And when I am in a client meeting, I ask a lot of in-depth questions of how they want to bring the business to market. And I jokingly say, okay, we're going to talk about the S word now. And I'm referring to sales. And I ask them, what does sales mean to you? And it's interesting. And I know you asked that question. So when you're meeting with a client, so share with us a little bit about the feedback and just expand a little bit more on how you get people thinking differently about the the process of sales and yeah. the role of a salesperson. The S word. The, the S, S word. word. I know that dirty word. I know. Sales. <laughs> it's, it's a great question. Uh, so I have an activity that I, I do with my clients and I'll ask them, what's the first word that comes to mind when I say the word salesperson? And every single time it's, you know, sleazy, slimy, you know, deceiving. I mean, none, nothing that's good. Positive. It's, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's all these bad words. Like I didn't hear friend, trusted advisor, you know, why not? And that's because we have this misconception yeah. about sales being, oh, I could sell ice to an Eskimo. Well, y'all, yeah. that, that's unethical, right? We can all agree. Like <laughs> you, you don't want to sell somebody something that yes. they do not need. However, at the same time, if you look at it through a different lens, it's also equally unethical to not sell someone something that they do need. And so when you look at it through that lens, when you're truly trying to qualify, then, I mean, it changes everything. And, it, and qualification goes both ways. And without asking questions, you'll never know if they're qualified to do business with you. Wow. Yeah. That is very good food for thought. And you know, I, I really appreciate what you said about it being unethical to not sell them something that they do need and can benefit from. And it's that salesperson's role to evaluate that and mm-hmm. determine that. So you said you went to Sandler training and you said with your other company, you were employed. This is what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. So how did you get from employee to now owning your own Sandler training business? So I ended up, um, I was recruited by a local company in Dallas. And when I wanted to bring Sandler training on to our team, 
they had a local Sandler trainer they had worked with. So they introduced me to Scott Sherwin, who owned a franchise in Arlington. And he came to be our Sandler trainer. It was great. Uh, you know, just really changed the trajectory of our team. And I told him like, Hey, ultimately this is what I want to do. I, I, you know, I'm meant to be a Sandler trainer. And he said, well, funny, I'm actually looking to sell my business. <laughs> you know, my, his goal was to go work for Sandler corporate and, uh, told his wife he'd move her back to Florida. So in that process, it just, I mean, it was just meant to be. That's, I love that story, how you mm -hmm. just put it out there and he was in a thought process because I know Scott and knew that he had had a, had a long-term plan to, as you said, work for corporate and move back to Florida um, because that's where his wife wanted to go. So your company had hired them and you were going through Sandler training and you got, you had had this conversation. I think that's another great example of just being um, upfront about what your thought process might be, because when you share things with people, you never know what situation might come to pass. 100%. Yeah. Plant that seed and, you know, watch it grow. Right. So you then started um, continuing with Sandler training with that company. And then how did you, I think you shared with me that you um, kind of did you end up leaving that company and then partnering with Scott to kind of ease into um, the ownership role? Yes. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, my heart was in Sandler and I wasn't giving my heart to the company I was with. So ultimately, you know, it was a mutual parting of ways. And, um, you know, I, I called Scott first thing and said, hey, all right, it's it's time. Let's do this. So, um you know, God has a way of working things out. So what was that time frame from, hey, Scott, this is what I've meant, this is what I meant to do, and that initial conversation to you actually leaving that company and partnering with Scott? That, it was probably six to nine months. So not that long. Not that long. Did you have multiple conversations about it during that time frame? We did. Yeah. We did. And we we had a plan working for that transition. And so it just, um, you know, it actually worked out perfectly. I had a chance to hop on probably about five months earlier than we had anticipated yeah. and um, was able to learn the business from that side. I mean, I've implemented it and I've trained my team internally, but being a trainer, being responsible for, you know, all the content and building a business is, um, is a different, different side of different it. angle. It is. It, is. <laughs> it definitely is. And I, I love that, um, you know, you recognize that your heart was not in the other company and mm -hmm. you had already had that conversation with Scott. And so you're thinking, why do we drag this out? Let's just, let's just get moving. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I called him literally on my drive home and said, all right, like I, after I can't you, wait. After you agreed to part ways with the <laughs> yes. company and you're like, guess what I just did. Exactly. <laughs> so awesome. how did, how did it go from there? So you partner with him. So he's kind of taking you under his wing and training you. I'm Sure, from on on his version of it, right on his angle of it. Um, so, when you first came on, was there a purchase agreement in place, or did you guys put that all together as you worked there? How did that all come to fruition? So initially, I came on as his partner. Okay, 
And we put together a um, an LOI, letter of intent. Okay. So um, that really set everything in motion. Then he had, I think, initially bought his company through a, an IRA plan. So that took some time to sort that out. Okay. And so initially we were going to make the transition at the end of the year, um, but it didn't happen until February 1st. So there was just a, a little bit of a delay. So, and a lot of times things don't happen as quickly as we would like in that realm. So you were able to, as Roxanne said, you know, kind of be trained under Scott's wing and and transition into the business. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a lot of clients who really like the idea of buying an existing business. And, um, you know, it seems like a perfect scenario to kind of go work in the business for a bit and then become the owner. So I would love to hear your feedback about what some of the positives of that process were and then what some of the challenges were as well. Sure. Yes. And I mean, we all know nothing's perfect. Exactly. Uh, So it was, I mean, really it was a great experience. You know, Scott was a fantastic mentor and, you know, he's coached a lot of salespeople along the way. So this was just, you know, natural for him. Uh, So that part was, was awesome. And, you know, I got to know our clients and, uh, you know, start training and coaching and, and mentoring them, you know, while also learning the business side of it. So there were some challenges um, from a business valuation aspect and the purchase agreement, you know, shifted. So, I mean, that presented some challenges along the way, some bumps in the road. But, you know, we we had a great relationship and we worked those things out as they came up. Um you know, ultimately what, you know, what made it so successful is we had each other's best interest at heart. And when you know that somebody is is looking out for you, and I wanted to do the same for him. Like I wanted him, like he built a great business and, you know, his next step in his path was going to work for Sandler Corporate. And so, you know, part of my responsibility was helping him get there mm. as easily as possible. And so it just naturally worked itself out. Were there employees with the company when you bought it? Uh, there were. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple of employees that um, one was a bookkeeper. Uh, she was part-time. And the other one, she ended up leaving uh, for a different position. So because just starting out, I wasn't ready to take on, um, you know, the the expenses. So, uh, but we had those conversations in advance. So no, so everybody was prepared and um, moving their own direction. There was no surprises. That's great. Cause sometimes that can be a challenge mm-hmm. when you bring employees on with new ownership and they're not necessarily aligned with the thought process of the new owners. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I train on disc and you know, I'm, I'm a D personality. I'm a DI. And Scott is a, a high eye. So it's definitely a different dynamic. And, you know, we had those conversations up front. I said, hey, you know, how are you, how are you going to handle if I'm super direct? And, you know, if I'm under pressure, you know, you, we all revert back to our, our mm. comfort zone state. And so, uh, you know, we had those conversations and um, she was, I mean, she was awesome and ended up finding another job that she was like, hey, I'm really interested in this anyways. So she naturally left. And then um, I've been slowly building the business and uh, actually just hired a director of client success. So, you know, we're kind of back full circle. Congratulations. How long have you you officially owned the business now? It has been officially a year and a half. 
almost a year and a half. So you finalized everything in February of 2022. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And you started working there. The June before. June before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was kind of a fairly slow transition. So um, tell us what you just said you hired somebody. Plus your husband works with you too as well. He is. Correct. Yes. Okay. So what is his role and how's that dynamic? Well, I'm not his boss. Let's be very clear okay. on that. <laughs> <laughs> he is a, what, an unsupervised teammate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that title? <laughs> I like that though. I might use that. I might use that. So you brought him on. Was he, when you bought the business, was that the plan or was that something that you guys decided later or share a little bit about that dynamic as well? So it's something we had talked about. He ran a marketing company, so his um, expertise is in digital strategy. Uh, and so he has, when I met him, he owned a marketing company. Oh, okay. And then he's been back in corporate and uh, and then, again, started his own uh, digital marketing company. And, you know, he, he really loves Sandler and loves just what what we do, how we help people. Um and the fact that it changes lives. And so mm-hmm. he wanted to be a part of something that was a little bit bigger than marketing. So he does help market, you know, from a marketing perspective. But, um, you know, his passion is is getting in here and really, you know, helping people. That's great. So is he a trainer also? He is. Okay. He is doing good. some training. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. So while we've talked about this, maybe this would be a really good time for you to just explain what Sandler does for companies. I mean, we've talked about sales and that you're doing training, but just tell us a little bit more about how your business can help sales teams and help companies grow. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, Sandler is, we are a a sales methodology. So everybody has, you know, their own maybe process in their CRM. But what we do is come in and we help teach a a system, you know, starting from, we've got, you know, three phases that we look at, you know, engagement to qualification to the, the ultimate, you know, close and fulfillment of, of the sales process. And really, we want to, shift mindset. So when we look at, uh, you know, big picture, we're helping people with the mindsets, right? The techniques, uh, as well as those behaviors, doing the right behaviors at the right time, using the right techniques and, and having the right mindset going into that. So, and it just, when you look at things differently, it, it changes everything. So who, how does someone know they need you? Like, what are some of the symptoms of a company that might need your help? Sure. So oftentimes, you know, business owners will reach out, you know, frustrated that, you know, sales just aren't closing as fast as they once did. And, you know, we just went through COVID. Mm -hmm. And so that uh, sales shifted a lot during that time. Oftentimes, the salespeople were taking orders because supply chain was such a, a mess. So now they're having to make that shift back into actual selling, you know, reaching out, prospecting. So what I'm hearing now is, hey, look, our prospecting efforts, like we're, we're not doing the right things. We're not getting enough opportunities in the door. And so they're, they're concerned about that. And then when the opportunities do come in, a lot of them aren't closing. They're just getting stalled out in the pipeline. There's no clear next steps. And so, you know, you've got this bloated pipeline and nothing's coming out. They're not closing anything. And so other times 
business owners are frustrated with, you know, margins. You know, a lot of things have uh, increased. Mm-hmm. Raw materials are going up. And if your salespeople aren't, aren't capturing those margins, then, I mean, you're just, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to impact the bottom line. Yeah. Is there a size of company that is your sweet spot? So we do a lot of work with uh, small to medium sized businesses. So my organization that I was with, we had uh, about 21, 21 salespeople and four managers. So that is, I mean, a really good sweet spot. But you know, I love helping individual contributors. So someone who is in sales, like, I mean, you, for instance, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to hear a little bit of, of your story. What did it do for you? Wow, now I get to be on the hot seat. <laughs> you don't get to interview. Well, it turned my business around. I mean, I I was um, a bit of an order taker. Mm-hmm. I would let other people control my process um, sometimes. I would not ask questions. And I would not pre-frame the whole process as well as I could have. Um, because when you're just getting started, um, I don't think you can be as selective as you can be once you're a little bit more, more mature in your business. And so I've done a much better job of framing what I expect from my clients for my time. Because I think sometimes when you have a consulting business and there's no fee attached to your consulting because we don't charge our clients up front, you know, we're compensated on the back end by the franchisor for a placement. I think sometimes people will see less value in what you do because they're not paying you $300 an hour for your time. So I have a lot of conversations around that, the value that I bring mm-hmm. um, and why I protect my time so much. So I love that. So yeah, so you're qualifying more. The upfront contract, um, yeah. really like here's mm-hmm. what I'm going to be able to provide to you through my franchise consulting services but here's what is expected from you as a client as well. Um, you know, franchisors are watching you just like you're watching them. And so you need to be respectful of their time and, um, you know, re- promptly reply to emails. Don't don't be late for calls or just miss calls without notifying them and things like that. You'd yeah. be surprised how many executives will just not show up for calls and, and not um, – counsel ahead of time to say something came up or, um, but I do want to say there was a huge revenue increase too. So there, there was a, 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 another good side to that is, you know, I probably tripled my revenue. So it it was a good story. Yeah, it was. um, And sometimes I would call my Sandler coach on the way to a meeting or, you know, for like a little bit of coaching over the phone or something was going a little bit sideways and he would coach me through it. He was awesome. Yeah. That's that's, great. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. So I have a question too. Mm-hmm. In your business, you talk about mindset. Um, you were a Sandler client and then became the owner of Sandler. So your mindset had to shift too now to be the owner of a business. So as a fairly new business owner, what advice can you give someone who might be considering owning a business that has never owned a business before and maybe always been a customer or an employee elsewhere? It's a great question. There is a learning curve, right? (laughs) And you will be in sales. Uh, And then you're going to have to learn how to do all of the things 
um, and sometimes take on clients that maybe you figure out later on, like that is not my ideal client. And I can now ask better questions in order to figure out where should I spend my time uh, with the right people who are going to value what I bring to the table. Um, And also, uh, who... Who is, who is going to be your who? Like, who are you going to bring on to help you? Even if it's fractional, you know, there's a lot of things. We're not all good at everything. Mm-hmm. So things that suck up your time, I highly recommend hire that who earlier rather than later so that it can free you up to prospect. Or maybe you hire a prospector sooner than later to help you bring in that business um, so, so that you can train who if is. you're good at training, exactly. right? Yeah. So whatever your unique ability is, make sure that, you know, you are spending your time there and delegate those other activities. Your highest and best use. That's what a, yes. an executive recruiter that I used to uh, spend a lot of time with used to say to his executives in transition. What is your highest and best use? Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your sales experience on the receiving side of Sandler and on the owning side of Sandler and also buying an existing business because I think there's definitely some lessons in there for all of us and our listeners. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, either a company or somebody that's an individual contributor uh, wanted your help, how would they reach you? Well, you can call me at I'll give you my number, 214-562-9328. You can go to my website. It's growthmindsetsales.sandler.com. Or my email address is tiffany.kettle at sandler.com. And that's tiffany with a Y dot K-O-E-T-T-E-L at sandler.com. Yes, thank you for spelling that because that is (laughs) an interesting kettle spelling. It is. It is. Silent O throws everybody off. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for those of you listening, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, R-A-P-S-K-E. My colleague, Sarah Wasco, W-A-S-K-O-W. Please look for us on LinkedIn. Connect with us. We're happy to answer any questions you might have. You can also find us on frannet.com and on our YouTube channel at Frannet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. And lastly, you can find Unpredicted Entrepreneur on any of the podcasting platforms. Thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.